Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to have you here with us today. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And we can certainly point you to our treasure trove of information on thehousinghour.com. We'd love for you to share this show and our past shows with friends or family. Um, we're also on all the social media platforms. We're on facebook.com slash thehousinghour at thehousinghour on Twitter. We'd love for you to go interact with us. Follow us there. Um, we're also going to tell you that you can find this uh, this podcast on iTunes. So we'd love for you to subscribe to that. Um, that would be wonderful. And the last few weeks, we've been doing a series on the United Way. And last week, we had Susanna's house on and Bob Kessling. I thought that was an incredible show. What a what a passionate group that we had. I thought Rebecca was fantastic. And yeah. if anybody wants to go to check out thehousinghour.com and listen to that interview, it was very good. Yeah. And I, I think that what she does really personifies what it is that the United Way is all about. And just having that hand that hand up and not the hand out. That whole philosophy sort of rang true with me when I was speaking with her. Um, and Bob, you know, former uh, chairperson for uh, fundraising with the United Way, did a great job. Um, talk about passion. I mean, he really has a lot of passion. He's just a dynamic personality. What mm-hmm. better person to lead that charge? Absolutely. So we are coming into our fourth installment of this United Way series, and we're excited to have two guests with us. We're going to talk with these folks, and I tell you, one of the reasons that we wanted to have people who were involved with the fundraising, because all of the folks usually go on on, on tours of the different agencies, and being able to hear and listen to them and why it is that they got involved with the United Way is really an important piece of what we did this series for. Because when you hear other people's stories, you hear other people's sort of insight into what it is that uh, the United Way stands for. It really, for me, um, helps to me to understand why it is that I do what I do. Um, so today uh, we have two guests, Emily, um, and I'm going to mispronounce both of these names. Emily, how do you pronounce your last name? Emily Reichard. And also Julie, how do you pronounce your Grodian? Good, good rich good. oh oh that's your that must be your She's middle got my whole name in there wow wow that's awesome that is awesome um thank you guys first of all for stopping in with us and i want to go to you first julie because what you were doing last year and you helped to raise the over 13 million dollars mm-hmm. that's a huge number i mean it's just a number that i can't even fathom but this year of course the goal is to raise i think 13 million four hundred and fifty dollars but when you were a loaned executive can you first tell us a little bit about what a loaned executive is? Because I, you know, hear that that word and what what does that mean? And so you were a loaned executive last year, and you had your work cut out for you, didn't you? I did, I did. You know, the the United Way staff is small but mighty when it comes mm. to 365 days a year. So when it's time to raise these huge amounts of money. The United Way partners with a lot of local businesses and they loan executives. So I'm a marketing manager at U.S. Cellular by day, but was so fortunate and so lucky to be able to partner and and be chosen to participate in the campaign last year. Mm -hmm. So essentially it takes that small but mighty staff and grows it. 50 or 60 additional headcount during the campaign so that we can really act as eyes and ears and hands in the community to be able to, to help raise the funds. Now, were you um, aware of the United Way? Obviously, everybody's aware of it, but did you know really what they did before you started last year, or was that something that you learned on the go? Yeah, 
you know, like so many people, I was I thought I was aware of the United Way. One of the first statistics that they talk about in our training session that we went through was just how many people in uh, Knoxville are impacted by the United Way every mm. year. And, you know, they share this statistic that I think probably only works in Knoxville, but that as many people as fit in Neyland Stadium on a Saturday, on a good Saturday, right. um, you know, are are helped by the United Way. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but, you know, over over the course of a year to have 20 percent of your community impacted by the United Way is huge. And, mm. you know, I knew that a lot of people were helped, but I, I didn't know exactly how. And so we were talking kind of before this, but, you know, going on those different agency visits. I know you had Susanna's house here previously. That really, you know, you, you hear the statistics, but then to be watching those dollars in action at these agency tours is just, it's a really sobering reminder of how fortunate I am and, and just how much I should be doing to help those in my community who are not as fortunate. When when I went on the agency tours, one of the things that kept coming back to me was exactly what you just said. It's like I'm seeing where the dollars are being spent and I'm understanding the need that's there. And there are there's so much need in our community. Um, when you first sort of dove into the United Way, you know, what was your takeaway? Because when I left Susanna's house, for instance, it was pretty emotional because mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I'm really seeing not just what the dollars are being spent, but also the impact that's being made. And also another thing that came true to me was that there are so many other people that would need this type of service Mm -hmm. that the United Way wants to provide it, but there's only so many dollars in the community. What was your takeaway when you went to some of those agencies? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing is it's it's not as though the United Way is just giving a meal to someone who's hungry. They are truly helping those who are using their services change their lives instead of just feeding them when they're hungry. So the whole, you know, teach Amanda fish sort of concept. Mm-hmm. There are so many programs aimed at helping people legitimately change the trajectory of their life for the better instead of just helping them when they've stumbled. So I think, you know, that was a huge one for me, certainly starting with so many of these youth and and kids related programs. We toured the Wesley house, which was amazing. And, you know, we got to talk to so many people who work at the Wesley house and they're so passionate about these kids and making sure that kids have a safe place to go. And whether it's getting homework help or participating in a summer program, learning about arts or culture. Um, One of my favorite stories, was the um, there's a, a senior component to the Wesley House. And on Fridays, they feed and play bingo with a group of kind of the 60 plus crowd. And mm. so um, that I thought was so fun. And she said, well, do you guys want to see what the prizes are for bingo? And I was like, oh, my gosh, of course. Like, what's the prize? And then when they took us into the closet and we saw that the, the prizes were things like shampoo and mm. toothpaste. And she said, you know, the, the prizes that go first are the, the big bundles of toilet paper or paper towels. And, you know, thinking about playing bingo for toothpaste was something that I was like, mm. oh, my gosh, I need to be getting all my Amazon subscribe and save sent over here, you know. Right. And so there's there's so many little ways that you can help, too. I think that was what really kind of opened my eyes is, mm. you know, if you can write a check, great, because the money's needed. Mm. Um, but if you can really pitch in and call bingo numbers or, or offer to, to deliver a mobile meal or something like that, you know, that need is so great as well. Wow, that's so good. And that's, I appreciate you saying that because I think all of us can acknowledge that there's a need and, and there's so many resources in our community. Knoxville is a great community for charitable giving. And certainly there are other organizations and within the 52 agencies that mm-hmm. the United Way serves, there's 112 programs that the United Way funds. 
Um, can you speak to, you know, because the United Way focuses on three areas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. financial stability, education, and what's the third one? Health. Health. There you go. Glad I studied. Um, <laughs> yes. So when you look at all of the different programs that are out there, but United Way focuses in on those three areas. Talk about that, if you don't mind. Why is that important to the United Way? Yeah, you know, I think that it it always helps to have a focus. And when you focus in your efforts on where you can do the most good um, with the fewest number of resources, like you mentioned, you know, we have a huge goal this year, $13,450,000, that will still not even come close to solving all of the the issues in Knoxville and and addressing all the needs that people have. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you take care of those three fundamental areas, or at least when you seek to, to improve those three areas, you know, that's where you're going to be able to get the biggest bang, not only for your buck, but make the biggest impact in terms of people's lives and being able to, to help somebody become self-sufficient again, or helping mm-hmm. get someone into a home or get a child, you know, out of a home alone situation after school and into an after school program where they can be, you know, learning a new skill or, or even just being able to blow off some steam with their friends. Yeah. And you know, when Randy Boyd was on, he made the point about accountability mm-hmm. and, you know, every agency really has um, the understanding going into getting a United Way, you know, grant or however mm-hmm. it's actually officially called, mm-hmm. that they have certain responsibilities. And he spoke about that because when you're investing money in anything, you want to know that it's it's being used to the best of its ability, the money that you're that you're actually yep. using. Um, we only have one minute left, but speak about the accountability. Yeah, I think the interesting part there is I always was under the impression that you kind of write a check and, and move on mm-hmm. and go to the next agency. But the vetting process and right. the grant writing process that these agencies undertake is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's incredibly well uh, researched and well written and making sure that, you know, we are providing funds to agencies who will use them and then be able to, to provide us with some, again, you know, after the fact tracking to make sure that they're being used and that they're making the impact that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, is is really important to me. That's great. Is after the fact tracking, is that an official United Way? Um, it is, slogan? yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. No, but that's such a good point, though, because once the dollars are given, it's not like the United Way just says, all right, we'll see you next year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, exactly. They're walking alongside. And, you know, Mary, for instance, over at the United Way Greater mm-hmm. Knoxville, she's a great resource. When we were at Susanna's house, she was um, telling uh, Rebecca about some other things that might work for, I mean, you know, it's not like the relationship is just about the grant writing or it's just about receiving the funds. I mean, the relationship goes well past that. So that's really one of the most amazing things. And then um, in the last few seconds that we have, the heart of the United Way of Greater Knoxville, when I've been and I've worked with Ben and Mary and Tyler and the whole group and now Emily and Bruton, the, their heart is in the right place, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's the best way to help the most people yeah. in Knoxville. So I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in, uh, Julie. And I appreciate that. Sorry for getting your name wrong. Julie Goodridge. Is <laughs> yes, right? Okay. Right. There we go. I may have tried to throw your maiden name in there. <laughs> so guys, we're going to continue this show right here in a moment. We have in a moment, Emily coming up and we're going to talk a little bit more about the United Way and some things that are going on right now. So how you can get involved. We'll be right back after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you for joining us. We're so thankful for the opportunity. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGOnline.com. 
Uh, you can also go to thehousinghour.com and you can see all of our past series that we have completed. Uh, definitely want you to check those out. We've covered a lot of subjects, and this is one of uh, the most important ones that we are covering in this series, and that's the United Way of Greater Knoxville. Um, Ken Lowe, who is the, uh, I guess, the CEO, and uh, I guess he does a little bit of everything over there now, um, at Scripps Interactive, is the chairperson for the campaign this year, and he set the goal for the United Way of Greater Knoxville at $13,450, um, and that is a goal that is um, over what they asked for last year, and certainly that extra money is going to be well spent. We were talking earlier with Julie Goodrich, who was a loaned executive. Um, I think you uh, you can jump back in here. You work at Cellular. I work at U.S. Cellular. U.S. Cellular. Yep. And that's really cool because that, there's so many companies in Knoxville, and when they provide those type of executive level, loan them out, really, that's a phenomenal commitment um, by that company. And I know Mortgage Investors Group is doing that with Mindy Mercurio this year, and she's doing a fantastic job. So we're going to segue in. We have Last week we had Bruton. Bruton, which you, was the one who was responsible for creating the great website. And now we have Emily. Emily um, is going to be in here. We're talking a little bit about what events are coming up. And what we have is a lot of cool things. So this show, just so everybody knows, we're recording this show right now today. Um, it's Tuesday. It's early in the week. It's the 3rd of October. But what we have is ending tomorrow. Um, but talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, Emily, because it's the one thing that's happening right now, um, the pilot pumpers or whatever you guys are calling it. Sure. Yeah. Pilot pumpers, celebrity pilot pumpers. Um, it's going on from October 2nd to October 4th mm-hmm. and it's all day at any pilot location that's in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is our biggest fundraiser all year long. We rose, wow. we raised $93,000 last year and the no goal is to kidding. raise $95,000 this year. That's incredible. It is. Yeah. It's a great, a great fundraiser for us. Um, so every, every time you pump your gas, five cents from every gallon goes back to United Way and every, every in-store purchase, we get 10 cents. So uh, that accumulates very quickly. And we have celebrity pilot pumpers all over Knox County, like Mayor O'Hara was out this morning. We had mm-hmm. Tim Burchett out. Um, we've had a chief, chief Roush out, um, John Curry, mm-hmm. all, all a bunch of Knoxville celebrities. So we're very appreciative of, of all their support and, and pilots. I mean, as well. incredible. I mean, pilot, that is phenomenal. The commitment that they have. I mean, that is really impressive to me because I mean, we're talking about 90,000. I mean, that's, that's a lot of revenue. That's a lot Huge. of money. And they have a pilotpumpers.com. You can go and track it and you see all this information and how much they raised last year. And mm-hmm. you can find out where your favorite celebrity is going to be, I would imagine. Yep, yep. Right? That's cool. Where, Mark, where are you going to be? Well, uh, I'm not going to disclose <laughs> Everywhere, that. at every station. <laughs> exactly. So that's one of the events that's happening. So just, you know, if you're listening to this show live on Saturday, it has already um, went through. And so we're not going to be able to provide you with that event. But there's some other stuff that's coming up as well. Talk a little bit about the other things that are happening. Sure. Um, we also have the CMA Festival package that we are mm-hmm. auctioning off on our Bidding for Good website which you can access by going to our website, uwgk.org. And that will take you to our auction site, which has the CMA Fest package, which includes tickets to CMA Fest. It gives you backstage passes. It gives you um, some lodging at the HGTV Lodge in Nashville. It's a really great deal. uh, I think the bidding is at $500 right now, but it's valued at much higher than that. So um, get out there before it's gone. I have breaking news. Le- leading bid right now is $800. 800 I'm yeah. behind. <laughs> no, that's again on, on the 3rd of October. So definitely go check that out. If you go to the United Way's uh, website, which is uwgk.org, uh-huh. it pops up right there for you. You can check it out. 
And man, where the bidding is now, that that's well, the, the value is way over that. Absolutely. And so you talked about the two things, like I, I try to figure out in my mind, where does this $13 million come from? You know, and it's, it really comes from a lot of not just businesses, but a lot of individuals. Um, how is it the United Way is able to raise this much money for all of these agencies? We are very, well, I think Knoxville is a very giving community, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we are volunteers in the volunteer state and I, we mm-hmm. feel that in Knoxville. Um, and we're lucky to have people like Julie who go into different companies and campaign for us and try to get people to understand what United Way does. It's kind of a hard thing to understand. It's kind of a big package, mm-hmm. not very digestible until you really break it down and realize that we're helping so many people. Um, so we're, we're able to raise the funds because we have a lot of dedicated volunteers that help us do it. Mm-hmm. So we're very appreciative of, of everybody that takes their time to, to help us out. That's a good point. You know, you, you said something that's important, and that is that the United Way, what they do is not always easily digestible. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. I mean, once you you sit down and you look at what the United Way does and the agencies that it covers, the 52 agencies, 112 programs, and then you start learning about the three important prongs of what they focus on. Um, and then you learn that these folks are being held accountable and that this money is being used very wisely. Um, you start to understand the picture that the United Way paints. And then another thing too, I mean, I'd like for you to talk about this because you're in the branding and messaging aspect of the United Way. Um, And I love how Ben puts it. He talks about the golden arches. You know the story I'm Mm -hmm. talking about. Talk a little bit about the brand and how it could be different as far as what the United Way of Greater Knoxville is doing compared to the United Way of Las Vegas or or any other city. Yeah, absolutely. United Ways function as individual chapters. Mm -hmm. So when someone sees the United Way logo and they're in Las Vegas, their chapter would function very differently than ours. Um, the beautiful thing about our local United Way is every single dollar that's raised here stays here. Mm-hmm. So we're not, you know, paying out a bunch of money. Um, you're not donating to United Way and that money's not going to, to a different city in a different state. Mm-hmm. You're donating to United Way and that money is going directly to programs that are here in your community with people that you know, with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Mark's raising his hand. Go ahead, Mark. No, oh. I was just telling you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it, one of the things too, I want to make clear too, for, cause I mean, there are so many people that think, well, okay, I can just go straight to the agency and give my money directly to the agency. Absolutely. You can do that. That's, that's, that's encouraged. That's no problem. You know, if you have the ability to give to, um, a, an organization, great. That's wonderful. Um, consider though what the United way does and step back and think about how it is that the United way is investing their money because Knoxville, you mentioned it, the focal area with it being the, the health, the financial stability, you know, those things are critical to the overall growth of not just the community from like a, 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 I guess a, a economic standpoint, but also from a spiritual standpoint, you know, in like, what's our long-term plan here in Knoxville, you know? And I think that, that is what I think I like most about the, the United Way is the focal area, those mm-hmm. three areas that make a difference for a community. You yeah. want to talk a little bit about the focal areas? We didn't. We did speak with Julie about that, but talk about those three areas. Sure. Um, a study went out, I think it was about 10 years ago, where they asked American families what's the most important thing to them. Mm-hmm. And everybody said family. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to break that down. And, and what's important about keeping your family safe and healthy and, and the backbone of all that is education it's financial stability and it's mm-hmm. injured physical health. So um, we took those to heart and really got behind those programs and said, you know, if, if we're going to build a healthy community, we need to focus on these things first. Mm. So we're kind of setting the foundation to build healthy lives for all people in Knoxville. Yeah. And when I went to the Salvation Army, I was astounded because, you know, the first floor you have the men's uh, who are in 
treatment, getting recovery. And then the second floor, you had the um, single mothers uh, that had either experienced domestic violence or they were trying to make a new life for themselves. And this one floor that we went on, this one room, it was uh, a lady who had four kids, you know, and, and the room was maybe a little bigger than this room, but she was absolutely satisfied with the arrangement because she was in a safe environment. And not just that, but she had three meals. She had the education piece, you know, learning how to stay sober, learning about recovery, learning about what it means to really build that foundation. And then so she was getting all three really in that one single exposure to um, the the Salvation Army. And there's that's just one of so many. Susanna's house is another one. Um, and, you know, that that's really the, the message here is that the United Way is doing so much in so many areas. And addiction, unfortunately, is one big area, you know, and, and it's one of the areas where it touches so many people, not just the people who are affected that are addicted, but also the people who are in their families. So United Way, um, if you don't mind, and we have two minutes left, um, and I, I maybe put the cart before the horse, but why did you get involved with the United Way? I mean, you could have worked anywhere, right? You're a smart young lady. You obviously know what you're doing. You've got very um, intelligent uh, persona. You've got really all it takes to be in the business world of any any company that you would want to be in. But what made you choose the United Way? Well, first of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I actually moved down to Tennessee um, when I joined AmeriCorps, so I kind of have a, a life for service anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beautiful thing about the United Way is that it impacts so many people in those crucial areas, and that's mm-hmm. why I really... I really wanted to work for United Way. It's more than just um, slapping a bandaid on something. It's really working to fix the foundation. Mm. So, um, and the people, we are connected to so many wonderful volunteers. You, It's the networking opportunities even, and that is amazing because you're working with agencies and getting to know people and really getting connected to your community. So mm. that's why United Way struck a chord with me. That's great. That's awesome. Well, and if you are out there, you're a business, maybe you're someone who's looking at a way to get involved with the community, the United Way does a great job with with really combining the networking that a business really looks for and tries to get involved with the community. And then they, they, they combine that with a great foundation of helping people. And that's what they do. So, well, Julie and Emily, thank you guys so much for coming on to the show. We appreciate it. And guys, you can check this show out, go to the housinghour.com and share it with friends and family. We'll be right back after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys stepping into the Housing Hour today. I'm grateful, definitely, for the United Way of Greater Knoxville and helping us to make this series a great one. Um, definitely want to thank Mary with the United Way of Greater Knoxville for helping us line up some fantastic guests. And really, really, I tell you, she's been fantastic just along the lines of helping me understand what my role is um, in the, the campaign cabinet. And, uh, you know, it's 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 one of those learning experiences, you know. And um, even though, like I spoke in the first two segments, um, you know, I knew about the United Way. I knew what they were and what they were out there doing. But I didn't really know the specifics. And going on the agency tours really helped me to see firsthand where, where the most good is being done. And um, 
that was really a, an amazing feeling to be able to see it in action and then be able to talk to Rebecca and hear her story. And the number of agencies that they touch mm-hmm. is, and the amount of money that's given to each a- agency is a, is a lot to me. And mm-hmm. I think, wow, that there is a significant impact going on in our community with all of these agencies. So I think it's a super thing. Absolutely. So we also have invited, and with Mary's help, we have invited to our show the executive director of Centro Hispania, Hispano, is that how you say it? Centro Hispano. <laughs> okay. Um, Claudia Caballero? Is that? Caballero. It's oh, like a Y. Wow, that is terrible. That's okay. Uh, well, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about. We have a, sort of a, a bridge that we need to, to fill, and I'm probably the worst about <laughs> it because it's so important, and that's why I wanted to, to have Claudia talk with us because um, there is a huge huge education that I need about how I can be of service, not just to people who, who speak English. That's important, but there's also a, a community that's within our community um, that does not speak English. Um, so I want to have Claudia, if you don't mind, first and foremost, just give us the high level overview of what your organization does and then we'll go from there. How about that? Sure. Thank you so much yes, for having me absolutely. today. Um, so Centro Hispano is an educational organization, and we serve the international community that may be immigrants or refugees, and um, it's an educational umbrella. So anywhere from you came to Knoxville last week and you don't know where to find the doctor or you want to find the school your child is supposed to go to and you don't speak English – um, to finding a hospital or finding anything you might need. So that's one part of our organization. And in that same um, information and referral department, so to say, we also have um, good neighbor workshops. So it's really important for us to help new Americans learn what it takes to integrate into our community in a, in a healthy way. Mm. So um, general information, workshops, how to live in East Tennessee, um, that's one of our uh, components. The second component we have that's very important is adult education. Mm-hmm. When you want to get um, a good job, you need to speak English. You need to speak English at least enough to communicate, but we'd hope better than that. Mm-hmm. So we have English classes for adults, and we have them in the mornings, and we have them in the evenings because we have people that work so many different shifts. Mm-hmm. And um, we serve about 375 to 415 wow. people a year going through different programs, different levels. And then um, our third program or department, and it's um, probably the one we invest almost well, most of our time in, is um, children programs. And United Way is the biggest funder mm-hmm. for these programs. Um, and we put so much inf- importance to these because if we aren't, um, teaching these children, if we aren't helping them succeed in the schools, in their lives early on, they will be creating problems uh, moving forward. Mm. So we, we're we working right now at two pilot programs at Norwood Elementary and Lonsdale mm. Elementary, which are the highest um, immigrant and Latino populations in Knoxville. And Latino and Hispanic are pretty much the same term, a little different, but you can use them both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go there and help with reading and math and cultural understanding and helping teachers speak to parents when parents come in. And whenever with, whenever it's possible, we're a very small organization. We also try being at parent-teacher conferences wow. so we can help um, navigate that as well. So education is the big umbrella and just helping people feel like Knoxville is their home and teaching them how to give back to their mm. community. Well, I- I have something I wanted to ask because there are um, a lot of people in Knoxville that, that don't realize the, the 
size of the Hispanic community, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have numbers, like how many Hispanics that we have in Knoxville? We do have numbers. We do believe they're, they're um, underestimated, mm-hmm. but um, the census says there are 10,000 wow. uh, Latinos in Knoxville mm-hmm. proper, um, over 20,000 in the county, mm-hmm. and in the surrounding counties, about 40,000, 42,000 wow. Latinos. That's incredible. And I have a question. Um, 20 years ago, we would say of the Hispanic community uh, in the mortgage business, mm-hmm. we, we would say these are a lot of first-generation uh, Hispanics coming into the area. Of course, the communication barrier was always tough, but we always found somebody to help us on the interpretation. The second-generation uh, Hispanics that are in our community now, is there is there still more first-generation speakers or are there more second generations coming into the air or, you know, being born into the area? Have you seen those type of numbers change? So I've been the executive director for about a year and I moved to Knoxville two days before I started my job. Mm, So it's very, the whole community is very new to me, but I get a lot Mm. of information from people that have been working with the community um, for, um, you know, past 20 years. And I would say the kids we're working with in the schools, that's elementary school or high school, they are that second generation. Mm. And um, there are more of them than our school system and our community is is ready to work with. So um, wow. there is over and o- there is always an overload of, of work in educating them because they are the homeowners yes. in the next five and 10 years. You know, they are Big purchasing market. cars. They are coming into the job force bilingual with degrees, and that is that is what we're looking for in Knoxville. It is so hard to find um, professionals that are bilingual, even to work in my my own organization, because we aren't we haven't yeah. um, cultivated that yet. So that is part of the work we do with the children is yeah. that leadership that we are looking for. I would imagine that someone that is out there who speaks Spanish. Would that be a good volunteer for you, like somebody who who is bilingual, I guess, and can speak both languages? Bilingual volunteers are needed everywhere. So Centro Hispano will always say yes, but you don't need to be bilingual to volunteer at Centro Hispano. A lot of the children we serve who are Latino or refugee Mm -hmm. children from from Europe, they don't speak... their own native languages oh. anymore. They they might understand it, but they mostly speak English. So okay. after school programs always need volunteers, people to help with answering phones that are calls are in English or helping us with um, adult programs. When the when the adults are learning English, the first couple of um, levels they need to have to have someone that speaks Spanish. But moving forward after the third or fourth level, everything is in English. So mm. we have roundtables at Centro Hispano where you can come and just practice your Spanish or there are a lot of different opportunities. We have a lot of information on the website. That's awesome. That's I was good. thinking too about, um, you know, when I think of all of the things that the United Way provides, for instance, we talked about Susanna's house. We talked mm-hmm. about the Salvation Army. What does someone who might not speak English, what do they do if they need treatment for addiction or, or maybe you have a mother who has a baby who, you know, they need help with. I mean, is there, do you guys serve that as well? Or is that something where you help refer them to someone? We do referrals. We mm-hmm. don't believe in duplicating services. Mm-hmm. So, and especially because we are so small, we, we make sure that we get people to the services they need. And if there is a component of translation that we need to do, then we will step in and help whenever mm-hmm. we can. Um, but it is definitely a referral system. Mm-hmm. And and most people, especially in healthcare, the um the Latino population that we work with do a sliding scale services in most places they go to. Mm-hmm. So um 
they know where they can go for that um, those services, and many of them are most of them are probably United Way um, partners as well. Yeah, and so I mean, if if someone out there they're looking, let's say that they are Hispanic, they do speak English, but they're looking to maybe, hey, I need some additional education. Maybe they want to get their GED, or they want to do whatever the whatever that might be. They they want to practice their English. They want to practice learning. Um, they can come talk to you, and you can help plug them in with the right place, the right people and those type of things. Correct. That's and awesome. and it is that it is that Spanish community center where we will help you find the person. We don't always have the answer, but we will find a person that has that answer for them. And it's both ways. If you're a, a, you know an American Tennessean that mm-hmm. is looking for a connection to the Latino community, hmm. you can also come to us and sometimes it's people asking us questions about the market or what if what if I want to talk to someone and how would I approach them about this or Oh, that's interesting. Um information like that is always um offered as well. So well, that's good. And I, I want to take the, the last segment of our show because we're, we're running out of time. Crazy. I can't believe how fast it's went, but I want to talk to you more about what it is that you guys do, but I want to talk about your other programs too, because you have the women's wellness group because education, but then also health is something that is very vital. Not just, not just to English speaking people. Again, um, we have other, we have other people in our community that are not just English speaking. I know that may be news to some people, um, but hopefully it's not. Um, and the numbers that you mentioned are, are very big numbers. And you mentioned even that you felt like those were underestimated, right? So you said 10,000 in Knoxville proper, and then an additional 10,000 in In Knox County, and then if you take sort of the surrounding counties, mm-hmm. you're up to 40 potentially. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big number of people that as an organization, Mortgage Investors Group, for instance, we need to be prepared to serve those individuals. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this has been really good education thus far. And we're going to continue talking to Claudia right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you guys for joining us. We're thankful for the opportunity to bring some information to you that we feel is very important. And uh, Mark, why don't you do the honors for me and um, introduce our guest again? Well, it's Claudia Caballero. Uh-huh. Okay. Sassy. And she's with good. what organization? That's um, Centro Hispano. Oh. Very good. Perfect. I knew that you Centro could do it well. <laughs> He's so good with talking. I tell you what, it's amazing. Um, but we're just grateful that Claudia came in and is spending some time with us. Um, Claudia, you said you were in Texas in your previous stop. Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally? Are you from the States? I'm not. I'm originally from okay. Honduras. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised there. Uh, my mother is um, American. Mm-hmm. She went down in the Peace Corps in the 80s and stayed. Mm-hmm. So um, I've lived in Honduras, I've lived in Ohio, I've Mm -hmm. lived in Texas, I lived once in Germany, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, I moved to Tennessee a year ago and it's our stay, it's our home now, so Mm. we're planning on staying for longer. What do you think of the area so far? We've loved it. My partner and I moved here a year ago and everything we expected and Mm -hmm. more. Um, The community was 
just opened the doors to mm. us in a way that we had never had in any other community, um, especially awesome. in grow- big cities that are growing so mm. fast. They're like, please don't move here, you know, right. please. <laughs> and um, Knoxville was just so eager to like have Nashville these- probably right now. <laughs> probably. Yeah, Nashville's crazy. Yeah. And, and people were just so happy to have, you know, young people moving to the city mm-hmm. and wanting to become part of the community and to give back and belong. And so it's been a great experience. I've had a lot That's of learning cool. and, um, every, yeah, I have, I have no yeah. complaints. I'm every, I keep trying to tell everyone, all of my friends, you need to move to Knoxville. This place is great. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, Knoxville, um, if you look back over the history of Knoxville, it's really had a, a, a trajectory that's, um, not been as big as Nashville, but we don't want it that way. Yeah. Actually, we want a nice steady climb and that's, that's good for all of the services that Knoxville provides, you know, and um, what we're talking about with you, I think, is vitally important to the next chapter that, that Knoxville writes, because um, the diversity that Mayor Rojero has really done a very nice job of establishing that we have a diverse community. You know, we have a lot of different types of people. We have a lot of different types of nationalities. We have a lot of different um, types of, of, of organizations that are out there. And if you're going to be successful in this environment, whether that be a mortgage company or a bank, or if you're going to be a community leader, you have to understand that because you have to bridge the gap between and also be a conduit between the people who are speaking English and that have their services and the people who are out there that might not be the the cookie cutter uh, approach of what most banks usually think about. Well, in, in order to be a successful community, people have to be yeah. and feel that they are part of the community. And right. the one way to do that is not see them differently. Mm. Treat them the same. Yeah. And, and um, Claudia, I, I wanted to go to the point that Mark made off air because I think it's an important one because the really there should be an expectation. I think you said this off air, I, didn't I? I did. Um, there, <laughs> should, there really should be an expectation if you are a Hispanic speaking individual and maybe, yeah, English is on the list of things to do, right? Maybe that's something you want to get to. But the fact is you need services now. And you were mentioning that you can't come from Texas and everything was available in English and in Spanish, right? So Mark made a good point that, you know, now it should be an expectation and we should, we should deliver on the expectation that you provide goods and services and explanation of those services in English and Spanish. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I I come from a business background, and for me, it's just potential. I look mm. out there and I see all all of these people mm-hmm. that are needing service, and I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I should start a company. Really? <laughs> because um, they they work very very hard. They save their money. They want a better future for their families. For, they have you know very strong family values, spiritual religious values. Mm-hmm. They have. There are so many things in common with the Latino and immigrant community that that is the American dream. Um, serving them just helps our community grow economically. And um, I would encourage people just not to be afraid. I I don't think people are rude um, to be rude. I think it comes off as rude sometimes because we're uncomfortable. I can't pronounce a last name or I don't know what to say or how do I say hello, (laughs) you know, and and they're just very human um, reactions. I feel a little uncomfortable. So I draw back instead of reach forward. Mm. And um, I've learned working with teachers in schools and people in the healthcare um, uh, realm that, you know, a smile, a hello, goes a really long way and when someone feels welcome they will come back and Mm -hmm. 
we have had, and I don't know if this was off air mm-hmm. as well, but we have had so many banks and mortgage companies wanting to talk to us about, you know, how do we reach this community? Because we know they need services, mm-hmm. but we don't know the best way to do that, you know? And, um, and it's the same with our community. They're eager to know, they're eager to, to integrate. And we're, Centro is trying to be that bridge with those um, different components in our community. Um, there's there's a lot to be done, but mm-hmm. there's there's also open doors. It's just we're just taking those small steps. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's just cultural differences in, mm-hmm. in how to handle finances for you know things. It just is something. Just it's a little bit of a gap, and all we need is the education in order to to you know reach over. Right, and, and that's important because I think that there is a um, misconception. I think that people reach when they think of any specific type of person, and that could be even an English speaking person that, you know, you, you think about stereotypes, you know, let's face it, you know? And so the, the, some of the people they stereotype, this is going to be the situation. If I introduce myself into it and try to be assistance, this is what I'm going to get. And they draw conclusions that just are not true. And, and you or mentioned fair. it or fair for sure, for, for sure, not fair. Um, but you mentioned it too about, Hey, you know what? Look, I, I mean, I'm just looking at this from a business standpoint. There's so much opportunity, and I think that that is vitally important. And I know Jackie in the Oak Ridge office; she's mm-hmm. she's fluent um, in in Spanish and English, and you know she sees it, and it's overwhelming to her because she knows that she can't serve all the need, right? She she can't, but and but what she loves is the fact that if there's a choice between speaking English or Spanish, the customer will say, ah. Oh, you know, I want to speak Spanish, yeah. you know, all, all the time because really? that's what they're comfortable with, huh. you know. But so many are so good at English, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so I think they have an advantage at, at a certain point. If we're not bilingual, they are. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, there's little little idiosyncrasies that we have to explain to them in the business, but they need that, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just part of our culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and from my perspective, just looking back over my history, um, working with just all types of people is that at the end of the day, we all have some of the very similar principles. You know, we care about our family mm-hmm. we care about our faith. We care about our community, mm-hmm. you know, and we can draw on those similarities yes. rather than trying to draw on the differences. Um, I wanted to plug a moment back in before we end the show to talk about um, some of the other services that you provide, because um, if I'm out there and maybe, you know, if we're listening in this to English, maybe you won't understand me, but um, whatever the case may be, some of the things that you provide that are women specific. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about those things? Yeah. Um, when I started working at Centro Hispano about a year ago, I, I was just hearing a lot of stories and the com- people would come in and I was just sitting there and they would, you know, come in, the ladies would come in with, with their challenges as being mothers. And many times it's the husband works outside of the home. They're at home with the littler, the smaller children, the younger children, the um, older children at school, the kids at school are learning English. They're integrating into the community. The husbands learn the language as well. And many times mm-hmm. they were left behind. Yeah. And so we created a program that could help them learn things about the community that maybe their husbands might not know because their husbands are working all day long. Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know, bring in something that they can also contribute to building this new home in, in, in the community. So there's everything. We have a really great um, psychologist that's bilingual, and she has um, a wellness program in the uh, uh, with things like depression and mm. how do we how do we how do we raise our kids in this new culture and how do we keep our values but help them understand what's happening here 
um, mm. stress, anything like that. We just recently started um, a sewing class, which is really exciting. Mark, um, you might be interested. <laughs> <Right>. I do <laughs> <did> Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> we have had um, we have co- uh, cooking classes. We have people mm. from all across Latin America, so they will come in and share mm. one of the dishes, and we'll cook together. Um, Basically, it's anything that they are interested in knowing more about. So we have had how to um, build your credit, how to buy a house uh, responsibly. Um, There are so many times I've heard stories of people getting taken advantage, purchasing a home, um, making a down payment, and then never getting you know everything they needed, and then the house is never theirs. Mm. So we do that. yeah, the the women's wellness is pretty much in any direction they want to take it. Mm-hmm. So if people are interested in sharing something or have a skill they would like to, um, you know, share, that Centro Hispano's doors are always open. Even if you're just curious to come see, you know, what we do, mm-hmm. how we do it, um, or or if you don't have any idea and you're yeah. just walking by, you know, right. um, Centro Hispano's doors are always open to that. And I well, think it helps awesome. people understand um, a different culture. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And you guys meet once a month on Wednesdays from 12 to 2, and you can get more information at thehousinghour.com. We'll link your site on there and your contact you. information. Um, thank you so much, Claudia, for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. And thank you to the United Way of Greater Knoxville, to Mark, our co-host, Adam, our producer, and for everyone who participated. Thank you, and we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.